Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back to Gimme the Creeps with Abby and Daniela. Hello, hello. Y'all, it is our 100th episode extravaganza today. Extravaganza. (laughs) Or cut to the chase and say our extraterrestrial extravaganza. Oh, shit. So we were discussing what to cover for this special episode, and we decided on UFO materials because we realized we hadn't touched it at all, all this whole time while we've been podcasting. So we couldn't not cover Wait, aliens. Wait, UFOs or aliens? Okay. Aliens. Okay. Today, well, I'm covering UFO sightings. Are you covering like alien sightings? Yes, alien encounters. There we go. That is perfect because that is probably this the creepiest part of this whole thing is the fucking face-to-face that people discuss. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're going to dip our toes, um, a little bit into this topic and I will let everyone know right now. I'm very nervous. I am extremely nervous. I had no idea how to navigate this kind of topic because it's just so broad and there are details that I don't understand. So I'm just going to kind of touch on it by introducing what exactly people have been seeing and how they describe it. And then, um, who we believe were actually the first to see a UFO. Yeah, so today both of us are just going to kind of discuss and delve into the unknown Ooh. when it comes to aliens. So who's going first? Um, I guess, yeah, it would make more sense for me to go first. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start by, let me go to my notes. Okay. Okay. And of course, you know, bear with us and humor us. I know that there are hoaxes and there are like very far out conspiracy theories having to do with this material. So, I mean, if you're not into it, I can understand, but at the same time, it's all for fun and it's interesting. So mm-hmm. UFOs are, of course, unidentified flying objects now referred to as unidentified aerial phenomena. They decided to change it up um, with the title there, but they're both pretty much the same thing. And I'm using Wikipedia for this part because it just broke it down really easily. But the kinds of, oh no, this is extraterrestrial beings, which I'm sure you might've covered. Or should I just go ahead and introduce that oh, yeah, first? Because I just have the stories. I didn't like go into perfect okay cool what they are or whatever so we don't know which beings drive which vehicles but according to wikipedia that lists out all of these different i guess they are they wouldn't be like species but they just are different beings um but they're all extraterrestrial so this is a list of alleged extraterrestrial beings that have been reported in close encounters claimed or speculated to be associated with UFOs, not to be confused with the meaning of the term alien species in the biological science of ecology. So this isn't like different alien species. It's all one species, but they are different kinds. But they, I guess we don't know how to really ca- classify them because we haven't, uh, well, According to the government, we haven't gotten to like mm-hmm. operate on any of them and look inside and see how similar or different each kind of <clears throat> extraterrestrial is. So um, the Flatwoods monster is a tall humanoid with a spade-shaped head. And this is the first time I've heard of that name, Flatwoods Speech? monster. What 
the fuck? Yeah, spade-shaped. Huh. Like a big leaf. Um, of course, grays. I feel like a lot of people are familiar with this, uh, these kind the most. Uh, gray-skinned humanoids, usually three to four feet tall, hairless, with large heads, black almond-shaped eyes, nostrils without a nose, slits for mouths, no ears, and three to four fingers, including a thumb. Grays have been the predominant extraterrestrial beings of alleged alien contact since the 1960s. Ooh, the hop... The Hopkinsville Goblin, small greenish silver humanoids. Little green men, diminutive green humanoids. Even though a few abductions have referred to green skin, no report has ever involved anything that would fit the classic cultural stereotype of little green men. They are included here only for cultural reference. Okay, so those don't actually they're not actually classified that way but they are mentioned in the media that way so that makes sense nordic aliens sometimes called space brothers uh or plagiarin oh i've heard this i think previously known as pleiadians from the pleiades um, <gasps> that reminds me of oh wait that's jim hawkins yes. middle name in treasure planet <laughs> oh my gosh it's been so long since i've seen that I love that cool. movie. Yeah, his middle name is Pleades. Pleades? I'm pretty that's sure. That's cool. That's really James cool. James Pleades Hawkins. I'm pretty sure that's what <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> Good memory. Venusians, um, tall whites, Agarthans from Agartha. So the Nordic aliens is everything I just listed out. And they are humanoids with stereotypical Nordic features, tall, blonde hair, blue eyes, and have featured in several cases of contact. It is said they are from ancient earth, but presenting themselves as ETs. In the past, they moved from living on the surface to live underground around the Himalayas area after a natural event. That is so creepy to think about. Yeah, dude. It's them that are take it's missing 411 but it's them. Stop <laughs> it. Around the Himalayas. Okay. <clears throat> Cryptozoological animals and cryptobotanical plants including those from folklore, religion, um, mythology, Atlantis, and some reports of ghosts, poltergeists and time travelers. Okay, cuz that's a whole nother um, discussion too, if we want to dis- decide if aliens can just time travel as well while we're at it. Um, so, so Mothman, Jersey Devil, and all of these cryptids are put into this for some reason because I guess they could potentially be aliens. Some claim that many of the allegedly real creatures from the Fortean archives um, and related reports of anonymous anomalous phenomena are actually of extraterrestrial or mixed origin, such as in the extraterrestrial hypothesis, the interdimensional hypothesis, or the crypto-terrestrial hypothesis. Sometimes these creatures are associated with the occult or with esotericism or linked with supernatural or paranormal phenomena. Others dismiss these explanations in favor of skepticism, cultural tracking, or the psychosocial hypothesis, such as in cases of mass hysteria. Some of these alleged encounters have turned out to be hoaxes or scams to boost local tourism, sell more newspapers, or for more fringe science books. LOL. Um, Then there's my other favorite, the reptilians and the reptiloids. Um, Ancient astronauts 
what the heck? They're also referred to as ancient astronauts, ancient aliens, ancient astronauts in popular culture, uh, the dra- draconians, draconians, um, the Orion, reptilian humanoid, matriarchy, list of reptilian humanoids, list, lizard man of scape or swamp. And then the fictional portrayals are in They Live, V, Stargate, Star Trek, World War, and Game Hinge. They uh, Live. Okay. That is creepy. Tall, scaly humanoids. Reptilian humanoid beings date back at least as far as ancient Egypt with the crocodile-headed river god Sobek. The reptilian conspiracy theory has been advocated by David Ick. Ike. <laughs> I-C-K-E, my bad. (laughs) Then there's the rods or the skyfish, elongated visual artifacts appearing in photos and video recordings, sometimes claimed to be extraterrestrial beings, generally thought to be caused by motion blur from flying insects. Hmm. What? There's just rods that suddenly appear in the sky, I guess. Secret results of genetic engineering, some super soldiers, the fictional character Captain America, blah, blah, blah. Um, um, okay, Alyoshinka, also see Cosmopoisk. This may have been a human baby with birth defects. So these are other, they're classified under secret results of genetic engineering. So I guess these are human-made aliens. I don't get it. Human-animal hybrids, men in black, one of many fictional portrayals. Interesting. Okay. Some have speculated that some reports of extraterrestrials are due to escaped creatures, which are the result of secret government and or corporate genetic engineering and hybridization projects, or even such genetic engineering experiments being done by extraterrestrials, sometimes with cooperation from the military-industrial complex. Others explain these are encounters with humans with heightened ESP, esoteric occult, and sea powers, uh, highly intelligent individuals and or mutant hybrids and humans who have congenital deformities. Okay. Well, mm. so all of those are classified under aliens, but they're all different kinds. So with that being said, I would guess that there aren't like run-ins with every single type, but mostly probably just greys and Nordic aliens, I'm going to guess. Everything else is too wild for me to believe that it would be seen by somebody. I don't know. Maybe the reptilians, because those are very, like, inconspicuous. Okay. Are they? Well, I mean, they just look like blonde, blue-eyed people that just feel kind of off, you know? Have you seen Vivarium? No. Okay, well, we'll save that later for later then. But um, so that was the list of alleged extraterrestrial beings. Jeez, mm. that's a long ass list. Yeah, and then it's like, where are they right now? I wonder. <clears throat> then there are the vehicles that are described by witnesses of UFOs that report seeing discs or eggs. Hat shapes, uh, cigar-shaped, boomerang-shaped, light bulb-shaped. That one's a new one. And um, my favorite is the Tic Tac. They say it resembles a a Tic Tac, so they refer to them as Tic Tacs. But the triangle or V-shape is pretty interesting to me, and I found a thing on history.com about it. So introducing the UFO shapes. 
I'm going to start with this triangle one. There have been many instances in which these vehicles have been observed over bases operated by the Strategic Air Command, says Chris Mellon, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence during the Clinton and George W. Bush administrations, whose career has focused on unconventional threats to American security. Mellon is now an integral part of the investigative team featured on histories unidentified inside America's UFO investigation. So in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, the triangular UFO reports hailed from across the U.S. and beyond. During the 1960s, at the height of the Cold War, UFO fever, um, mysteries, mysterious flying triangles were reported over Connecticut, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Texas, as well as London, Madrid, and Czechoslovakia. In 1969, two National Guard pilots tailed a triangular-shaped object 50 feet in diameter for 20 minutes over San Juan, Puerto Rico, until they ran low on fuel and had to return to their base. Many of these incidents would be attributed by officials to atmospheric conditions, weather balloons, or other everyday resources or everyday sources, but some remained unexplained. Between 1983 and 1986, a notable rash of mass sightings occurred in New York's Hudson Valley, some 50 miles north of New York City. One witness, Kevin Soravia, a retired lieutenant from the New York from the Yorktown Police Department, described a huge silent craft 100 yards from wingtip to wingtip, hovering low, which banked and made a 45-degree turn before abruptly speeding off. Soravia said he called Stewart Air Force Base in nearby Newburgh to determine whether one of its C-5 transport planes, then the world's largest and heaviest aircraft, had been in the skies that night. None had. Later that year, a hulking triangular UFO hovering over a stretch of New York's Taconic Parkway prompted a huge traffic pileup as scores of motorists stopped to get a better look. Similar incidents continued in the region for several years. Many witnesses describe what they perceive to be the craft's extraordinary abilities. One evening in late November of 1989, two police officers on patrol in Eupen, Belgium, not far from the German border, spotted an odd triangular object overhead. In the ensuing days, hundreds of Belgians reported seeing similar UFOs described in news reports as a triangular object with a bright red center light or as a flying platform with three huge searchlights. In March of 1990, the Belgian Air Force sent up two F-16 fighter jets to get a closer look at one triangle that had been spotted on radar. Their onboard computers recorded the object's remarkable maneuverability and its ability to accelerate from 1,000 kilometers per hour, about 621 miles per hour, to 1,800 kilometers per hour, about 1,120 miles per hour within seconds. What the computer registered exceeded the limits of conventional aviation, a Belgian Air Force colonel told reporters. Um, in March of 1997, which we we're going to discuss as well, Phoenix, Arizona became a UFO hotspot with some 30,000 local residents saw something strange in the skies. Some reports said that the mysterious object was V-shaped, but many described it as triangular. It was in a triangle shape and it had three lights. It was moving very slowly. An 11-year-old Cub Scout was quoted as saying, a retired airline pilot described it as the size of 25 airliners and it didn't make a sound. Others described it as the size of three football fields. In 2000, police officers from neighboring municipalities in Southern Illinois were called to investigate truckers report of a massive arrowhead shaped 
Craft hovering low in the sky, two stories high and as long as a football field. Dispatch tapes reveal the shock and awe expressed by the different law enforcement teams who were all in radio contact with each other. The UFO Reporting Center, the National UFO Reporting Center, which catalogs more than 8,100 sightings of triangular-shaped UFOs since the early 1960s, lists more than 200 in the first half of 2020. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Yeah. the heck? Um, UFO sightings. Okay. The truth behind the triangles. Many of these sightings have been investigated repeatedly by the UFO sleuths. The Belgian triangles have been explained away as stars, planets, balloons, or blimps with a bit of mass hallucination thrown in. The lights over Phoenix were dismissed as flares dropped during an Air National Guard exercise, although that theory has many skeptics. Some say the New York sightings were a hoax perpetrated by local stunt pilots flying in formation. One explanation raises the possibility of the airship effect. That's the theory that people who see unrelated lights in the sky can trick themselves into believing that they're all part of the same object. Three lights must be a triangular spaceship. Three lights hundreds of yards apart must be a really big triangular spaceship. Other speculation has focused on top secret aircraft. Although the U.S. government has largely stayed mum on the matter, it's common knowledge that the Air Force has experimented with triangular and V-shaped aircraft for decades, including the B-2 Spirit Stealth Bomber and the F-117 Nighthawk, and possibly others kept under wraps. Sightings near the clandestine spy plane test facility at Area 51 in Nevada may indeed be connected to test flights of some of these craft. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The triangular one... Was okay because another thing too is that the lights could be all separate objects or they could all attach to one object. So whenever the lights were moving in like a long formation and then suddenly they're like in a triangle, do you know what I'm referring to? Have you seen the footage of like the Phoenix lights? Mm -hmm. It looks like whenever ducks fly in that formation, so it could all be like individual pieces. Um, but then there were reports saying it could have just been people that couldn't see so well. So they thought it was changing shape, but it was reported that later on, um, that night when the Phoenix lights were seen that it could change shape, color, and size. So in the end, I mean, all of these vehicles could be the same thing, just like morphing into different formations or whatever. Right. So that's, what's weird about that. That's like. The more things that are possible, the scarier it makes it seem, I guess. So, yeah. But um, it is bizarre. So, with referencing the Phoenix Lights so much, that happened in 1997, I believe. But even prior to that, um, people have been seeing, just not in, like, mass amounts like that. Um, Literally thousands of people were calling the National UFO... um, like phone number just like reporting in what they were seeing and like asking questions of what is it and all this and that and even the governor at the time let me see if i can find his name because it's hard to say um fife i think his name is fife like sing me what's his name Mm. yeah fife singmington um he was the governor of arizona during this time And he came out saying that he had also seen it with his own eyes. He had seen what was going on um, in the sky. And instead of like trying to investigate it, he had tried to ask 
the military and stuff, what they were up to. And they like replied with no comment. And so he threw a press conference in response to everyone freaking out about what happened the other night. And he made a joke of it. Like he had his, one of his aides come out in a, an alien costume. And he was like, we found those who were responsible. And like, he brought out a freaking guy in an alien costume and he made a joke of it. Like, so people were really upset um, that really did see see it with their own eyes and want to know, are we in danger? Because that's like what everyone's mind jumps to is like, what is that? And is it going to hurt us? But instead, they were just gaslit. And, uh, and then all these cartoons in the newspaper came out making fun of people and calling them crazy and stuff. So pretty much in, ni- in the 90s, that's how it went. And then later in like 2007, he came out and said – yeah, you know what? I was a pilot for so many years and that freaked me out. But he didn't like <laughs> say that whenever it was happening. So it's kind of rude. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, uh, the reason I bring that up is because this woman who was on the city council, her name was Frances Emma uh, Barnwood, I want to say. Let me look, look through my notes again. Her name is Frances Emma Barwood. She took it upon herself to find answers where she could, but all she could mainly do was interview people who had seen it, uh, seen it for themselves. And so she interviewed about 700 people and, um, she has all their statements of, of what they saw and everything. And, uh, the governor like belittled her and was like, yeah, right. You didn't talk to that many people. So it just, it's annoying. So I don't know. So it, it makes me wonder, or it makes me realize like why certain people, wanted to come out and say their story and why certain people still keep it under wraps. Cause it's like, right. Who, if they don't believe me, it's just going to make me look like an idiot. I'm in crazy person. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I really feel for those people. Um, they were really mad about it. I was watching on Showtime. There's a four part UFO series that just came out <clears throat> and I've only gotten to the second episode, but the people were actually really insulted from Arizona because they just didn't want to be looked at as fools. They just wanted to know, like, what what the fuck is going on in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, so on March 13th, 1997 in Phoenix, Arizona uh, is when it took – they say – they call the Phoenix lights because the UFO was hovering at its slowest over Arizona, but it actually passed over other states. So the Phoenix Lights actually flew over southwestern United the southwestern states of Arizona, Nevada, and the Mexican state of Sonora. And then on April 21st, 2008, lights were again reported over Phoenix by local residents. These lights appeared to change from square to triangular formation over time. A Valley resident reported that shortly after the lights appeared, three jets were seen heading west in the direction of the lights. An official from Luke Air Force Base denied any U.S. Air Force activity in the area. And on April 22nd, 2008, a resident of Phoenix told a newspaper that the lights were nothing more than his neighbor releasing helium balloons with flares attached. This was confirmed by police, uh, police helicopter. And the following day, a Phoenix resident who declined to be identified in the news reports stated that he had attached flares to helium balloons and released them from his backyard. I hate that. I hate that so much. Mm -mm. Right. Um, Okay, but also back in 1997, it's broken into two different events, and the governor had only seen the second set of events, apparently, and that's when he 
confirmed in the news that it was flares from the air the air guard or whatever doing tests but the first set of lights were different and they did not look like flares at all so i don't know if he actually bought it or not but um like i said he goes back and forth so i don't know um there are a few known images of the prescott dewey lights television station ksaz reported that in an an individual named Richard Curtis recorded a detailed video that purportedly showed the outline of a spacecraft, but that the video had been lost. In the second event, um, during the Phoenix event, numerous still photographs and videotapes were made, distinctly showing a series of lights appearing at a regular interval, remaining illuminated for several moments and then going out. These images have been repeatedly aired by documentary television channels such as Discovery Channel and History Channel as part of their UFO documentary programming. The most frequently seen sequence shows what appears to be an arc of lights appearing one by one, then going out one by one. UFO advocates claim that these images show that the lights were some form of running light or other aircraft illumination along the leading edge of a uh, large craft. Uh, estimated to be as large as a mile um, in diameter, hovering over the city of Phoenix, other similar sequences reportedly taken over by a period of 30 minutes show different differing numbers of lights in a V or arrowhead array. Um, thousands of witnesses throughout Arizona also reported a silent mile wide V or boomerang shaped aircraft with varying numbers of huge orbs. A significant number of witnesses reported that the craft was silently gliding um, directly overhead at low altitude. The firsthand witnesses consistently reported that the lights appeared as canisters of swimming light while the underbelly of the craft was undulating like looking through water. However, skeptics claim that the video is evidence that mountains not visible at night partially obstructed views from certain angles, thereby bolstering the claim that the lights were more distant than UFO advocates claim. Um, UFO advocate Jim Dilatoso uh, claimed to have performed spectral analysis of photographs and video imagery that proved the lights could not have been produced by a man-made source. Dilatoso claimed to have Use software called Image Pro Plus, exact version unknown, to determine the amount of red, green, and blue in the various photogenic, photographic, and video images and con construct histograms of the data, which were then compared to several photographs known to be of flares. Several sources have pointed out, however, that it is impossible to determine the spectral signature of a light source based on solely photographic or video imagery. As Film and electronics inherently alter the spectral signature of a light source by shifting hue in the visible spectrum, and experts in spectroscopy have dismissed his claims as being scientifically invalid. Normal photographic equipment also eliminates light outside the visible spectrum, um, like infrared or ultraviolet. Uh, that would be necessary for a complete spectral analysis. The maker of Image Pro Plus Media Cybernetic has stated that its software is incapable of performing spectroscopic analysis. Um, Conitech, an independent video laboratory, superimposed video imagery taken of the Phoenix lights onto video imagery. It shot during daytime from the same location. In the composite image, the lights are seen to extinguish at the moment they reach the Estrella Mountain, Estrella Mountain Range which is visible in the daytime, but invisible in the footage shot at night. A broadcast by local Fox Broadcasting Company affiliate KSAZ-TV claimed to have performed a similar test that showed the lights were in front of the mountain range and suggested that the Conitech data might have been altered. Dr. Paul Scohan, 
Visiting professor of astronomy at Arizona State University performed a third analysis using daytime imagery overlaid with video shot of the lights, and his findings were consistent with Cognitech. The Phoenix New Times subsequently reported the television station had simply overlaid two video tracks on a video editing machine without using a computer to match the zoom and scale of the two images. What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? That's what makes me mad. But the thing now is like, technology's come so far. I, Because you know how like when the moon looks really pretty and you want to use your iPhone to take a picture? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't come out the way you want it to. It doesn't come out. It, right. Exactly. So I don't know. Like some editing to like maybe clear up an image is fine. But now I'm mad because I don't know. Like can I trust what the news are freaking putting? No. I'd have to see a freaking UFO for myself. Have you ever seen a UFO? I have not. Um, though people close to me have. And I don't know how I, the way that a lot of them have been described to me, I just don't know if I saw that, I would be like, that's not a UFO, or like, that's a UFO. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Hmm. I just, I haven't seen anything in the sky, like, acting weird. (laughs) Right. But the thing about it is, like, if you did, now there's drones. So who knows, like, if it would even actually be one or not. Well, I feel like I would be able to, like, hear, you know, like. Well, they say it's silent. I just. Which is creepy. It sounds eerie to see something so massive overhead and it just be, like, silently moving. Like, that sounds Ooh, Okay. Have you seen the. <laughs> this is not even anything really. I mean, it's kind of in the sky, but. Because it's so fucking huge, but the wind turbines, yeah, exactly. Those like motherfuckers that. are creepy to see up close because they are fucking right. massive. massive, right? It's creepy. So, and ooh, so, whenever yeah. you're driving at night and like going towards Del Rio, there's like a fucking field of them, mm-hmm. and they like surround you, so they blink a red light at night. So, mm-hmm. all you see is this fucking field of like lights blinking simultaneously at the same it's fucking creepy but it is just because they're so huge like i don't know i feel like yeah and see if i were to see shit out there i would be like oh it's a wind turbine or something there you go (laughs) yeah yeah it's the new the new version of the wind turbine um so i'm gonna tell the story about betty and barney hill who were actually abducted like completely abducted um and it was a it was a whole thing, and they are still very historically known today for everything that happened to them and writing a book and everything. But um, as it so happens, they uh, they were among the first to experience the whole thing. But it, it turns out that a long time ago, people saw a UFO, and it was the Puritans. Really? So yes. So I'm gonna take it back over. I was like, okay, I have to mention this because that blew blew me away. But um. I'm using the the History Channel website again, and it says, America's first UFO sighting. Think UFO sightings are just a modern phenomenon? Think again. The Puritans were the first to record strange shining lights in American skies. Um, And this was updated January 15th of 2020. So on March 1st, 1639, John Winthrop, 
opened his diary in which he recorded the trials and triumphs of his fellow Puritans as they made a new life in America. As the governor of the Massachusetts Bay Colony put pen to paper, he began to recount a most unusual event that had recently caused a stir among the English immigrants. Winthrop wrote that earlier in the year, James Everell, a sober, discreet man, and two others had been rowing a boat in the muddy river, which flowed through swampland and emptied into a tidal basin in the Charles River, when they saw a great light in the night sky. When it stood still, it flamed up and was about three yards square, the governor reported. When it ran, it was contracted into the figure of a swine. What the fuck? Over the course of two or three hours, the boatman said that the mysterious light ran as swift as an arrow, darting back and forth between them and the village of Charlestown, a distance of approximately two miles. Diverse other credible persons saw the same light after about the same place, Winthrop added. Winthrop? The governor wrote that when the strange apparition finally faded away, the three Puritans in the boat were stunned to find themselves one mile upstream, as if the light had transported them there. The men had no memory of their rowing against the tide, although it's it's possible they could have been carried by the wind or a reverse tidal flow. The mysterious repositioning of the boat could suggest that they were unaware of part of their experience. Some researchers would interpret this as a possible alien abduction if it happened today, writes Jacques Vallier and Chris Abeck in Wonders in the Sky, Unexplained Aerial Objects from Antiquity to Modern Times. Uh, some have speculated that the curious glow could have been in Ignis Fat Fatus, a pale light that can appear over marshland at night due to the combustion of gas from decomposed organic matter. If Winthrop's report was correct, however, the light was not rising from the swamp, but shooting across the sky, making that explanation unlikely. An odd sight returned to the skies of Boston five years later, according to another entry in Winthrop's diary dated January 18th, 1644. About midnight, three men coming in on a boat to Boston saw two lights arise out of the water near the north point of the town, Cove, in form like a man and went at a small distance to the town and so to the south point and there vanished away. A week later, Winthrop wrote, Another unexplained celestial event occurred over Boston Harbor. A light like the moon arose about the northeast point in Boston and met the former at Noddles Island. And there they closed in one and then parted and closed and parted diverse times and so went over the hill and in the island and vanished. Vanished. Sometimes they shot out flames and sometimes sparkles. This was about eight of the... This was about eight of the clock in the evening and was seen by many. His account continued. About the same time, a voice was heard upon the water between Boston and Dorchester, calling out in a most dreadful manner, Boy, boy, come away, come away. And it suddenly shifted from one place to another a great distance, about 20 times. It was heard by diverse godly persons. About 14 days after, the same voice in the same dreadful manner was heard by others on the other side of the town towards Noddles Island. Unlike the 1639 UFO, Winthrop had an explanation for the latest luminescence over his city upon a hill. The governor noted that the bizarre spectacle was seen near the location where a vessel captained by John Shattuck had exploded months earlier. After a sailor accidentally ignited gunpowder aboard the ship, 
The captain was not aboard at the time, but the blast killed five crew members. Winthrop noted that rescuers had recovered the bodies of all of the victims except for the man believed responsible for the calamity. A sailor who professed the ability to communicate with the dead and who was suspected of murdering his master in in Virginia. The hand of the devil was thought to have taken possession of the body, and it was the haunting voice of the sailor's ghost that was said to have accompanied the strange vision of ye old UFO that mystified Boston. Okay, then. Jeez. Goodness. Good thing they had diaries to talk about UFOs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my stories are going to be alien encounters. And most of them I got from Reddit, but also from TravelChannel.com, who also picked some from Reddit. So I guess basically it's all from Reddit. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) So here we go. I'm in my bed, covered in sweat, shaking and scared. This is my second experience with them. The first time they watched me, we went in the same room. We weren't in the same room, but I could feel them watching me, and I saw their light from the space in the door frame. It was greenish yellow. I don't know what time dilation mm. What the, happens when they initiate contact. Also, I don't remember hearing any sound at all during either encounter. This time was horrifying. I woke up and saw faces on my ceiling. They weren't detailed, but they looked human. Their features were outlined with a pink light. They're interdimensional and are invisible to my knowledge. How the fuck are they invisible? (laughs) Okay. 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 I could believe that. I felt two of them grab my arms. I struggled physically. I think they were really latching onto my consciousness, but our auras are humanoid-shaped, so really they are grabbing the energy in my arms. Holy shit. That's how I would imagine like astral pro- projection would feel. That's yes. How I imagine it. Have you ever – that is so wild. Have you ever – and this was sober – this one time that it actually did happen. I was on the phone with Hunter. It was a long time ago. And I was laying in bed and suddenly it felt like I was falling. And I was literally laying still. It was so weird. But whenever I get high, that's really common. It feels yeah, like my body is sure. moving inside of itself and I'm not going anywhere. It's so weird. Word. That house. <laughs> Floating. <Oui>. Okay. <clears throat> um, I could feel their grip and their strength. They are smaller and weaker than us, but they have large hands and long fingers. I don't, this person is all over. They're the making place. it up. Yeah, because <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You could feel their grip and their strength, but they're weaker. So I don't. How do you know? Yeah, like, are you drawing conclusions? I don't. I could hmm. feel them pulling me, although I got out of bed and struggled physically pulling and jerking my arms out of their grip in a spasm of defense. Or in defensive flailing against an invisible force. I believe they were trying to separate my consciousness from my body. That's literally literally what I was telling you. Like, oh, my God. Maybe that happened to you. And I even said about the alien in my brain. Oh, my God. Oh, you really did? I could literally scroll back and find it. That'd be Holy shit. Oh, my God. Um. So in reality, my physical struggle made no difference. Yeah, because they weren't even, okay. 
After the struggle, it seemed like about a minute and they let go. I'm not on drugs, although mentally, physically, spiritually, I'm ex- I am exhausted. I believe they come for us when we are vulnerable. I survived my encounter and was able to share it, but now I wonder when people die or have heart attacks or strokes or just collapse, when they the vic- were they the victims of alien abduction? Are their corpses just hollow vessels left behind by interdimensional soul thieves? Wow. That's the end. But I was tripping when I read that shit. That's wild. I mean, I would never imagine it being that way, but now that they put it into words, I guess I could see it. Like, if made, they have like telekinetic, they have like telekinetic powers. I don't you know. I, they might be able to pull your soul out of your body. It the way I'm like, was that? Were are you sure those were aliens and not like just like shadow people right. or something or a fucking demon? Right. Or that yeah, I would have thought. I don't know. I say I would have thought demon, but I clearly thought alien the last time. Right. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. So on to the next. Uh, This is a family story that I've heard only twice. I can't remember how it was brought up the first time, but the explanation was very vague. So I asked again a few months later when the family had come together at the cottage during summer. They seemed kind of iffy talking about it but provided more details they live in ukraine but took a trip to turkey sometime in the 90s they had rented a little cottage there that was far enough into the countryside to be considered fairly remote long story short one evening the dogs outside started going absolutely crazy barking viciously and just overall behaving erratically one of them my grandma's brother i believe went outside to check what was going on and saw what could only be described as a UFO nearing their cottage. Pretty high up in the sky, but lowering a bit as it came closer. He called for the rest of the family to come and see, and to this day he can still confirm, they can still confirm what they saw. Well, the ones that are still alive, at least. They said Mm -hmm. it was triangle-shaped and had three lights, one in each corner. When it got seriously close to the house, they really began to panic and ran back inside. The very walls were shaking, dishes were breaking from the force of the vibrations going through the walls and floor, and the dogs outside were barking louder than ever. It hovered over the cottage for several minutes before ascending back up and disappearing. These are all people who are very conservative and rational, and they hate discussions regarding the supernatural, so I have no doubt in my mind that they were telling the truth. Okay, that one is UFO. Sorry. Definitely. No, that's fine. That's wild. Mm-hmm. The dogs. I would have been like. I know. I would have been freaking out, like trying to get yes. their asses in, and of course they don't want to go inside because there's something. They're barking they at it. At. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I was about twelve, my best friend and my best friends and I used to sleep out on my friend's trampoline in his yard in the summer. Dude, have you ever done that? That shit hurts. Like. It's not I've laid on it, but I we I've never stayed the night like we out, tried, and it was not. It. <laughs> oh it was no! Not good. It wasn't good. It was also a little bit scary, but it- <laughs> oh, <laughs> yep. Um, we would gather our bed stuff and bounce around till we got tired, and then eventually lay down and go to sleep. 
One evening, four of us were laying on the trampoline talking when we noticed that there's something floating over the woods nearby. You couldn't see it directly, just that it blocks the stars out as it slowly moved. It was just a little higher than the tree tips, tip tops and completely silent. We were just some dumb kids, so we just watched it. Slowly, it drifted until it was directly over top of us. Then suddenly, there was this light that I cannot describe. It was more than blindingly bright. It was disorientingly crippling bright, like it shone down into you. The next thing I remember, we were all standing inside my friend's house looking out his sliding glass back door at the object still hovering there, and then it glided away. We were all spooked, but we decided to go back out to go to bed on the trampoline. Y'all are fucking stupid. <laughs> we're laying there for a while, and the next thing we know, it comes back again and does the exact same thing. Again, we find ourselves inside looking out the back door. Jeez. Beyond all reason, we go back outside to bed again. The same thing happens again. We finally decide to sleep inside with the lights on. The, it reminds me oh of like... My- God. Fucking dumbass kids that just keep going on the ride over and over again. True that. That's uh, wild that it it like spared them. I got yeah, like <laughs> my friends and I lost touch as we grew up, but when I was 18, I heard one of them was in town. I ran into him at a party one night and pulled him to the side to ask him about that night as it had bothered me for some time. His response has shaken me to this day. I cannot describe his reaction sufficiently. He looked at the ground and said, I don't want to talk about it. I was kind of shocked by his response, so I didn't know what to say. He got up and walked out, and I stayed sitting there thinking about what just happened. I got up after a few minutes to go see if I could find him, but he'd left immediately after. That was it. I haven't seen him or the others, but his response was enough to let me know something strange definitely went down that night. I don't know if I want to remember. Dude, when they were transported inside, I bet that kid got abducted on the ship. Right. I feel like. Because people don't like, they don't understand how much time has gone by when that happens. Yeah. Maybe. You know what I mean? Maybe they all went and that one, this one kid telling the story just doesn't remember the time on the ship. There you go. And that other kid does. Um, about two years ago, I was in Naples, Florida with my friend. We were on the porch having a smoke around 11 p.m. I was leaning on the railing when what I thought was a plane in the distance turned towards us. It was flying so low that the front lights blinded us. My friend scrambled for his phone, which turned out to be dead, and I, fearing I would miss it, didn't want to run inside to grab my phone. Though the craft was steadily gliding, it was all happening so fast. As the object got closer, we noticed it was a huge black triangle with three huge circular lights on the bottom. It was so close, just above the trees, right in front of the building. It was so silent. The only thing making any sound was the trees rustling about the craft, below the craft. And then the huge black triangle fucking turned on a dime right in front of us and disappeared over the tops of the buildings. I wouldn't have believed what I saw if I didn't see it with someone else. Hmm? Mm-mm. Jeez, that's like I wouldn't have I don't know what I would have thought I don't know yeah when it happens so quick have you ever like been driving and you're like was that light green uh yes <laughs> <laughs> 
and it probably was, but that's how I would feel if something just crossed over over top. Like right. That. Like, did like, I just see what that? the fuck was that? that yeah. just I would have I would been be like, like, nah. Dude. No. <laughs> the aliens do drugs? I wonder if the aliens would come down if they would smoke a bowl with me. They Disgust. would be like, here, try this good shit we got from fucking Sector 52. <laughs> right? They'd be like, you're still smoking this kind of shit? What the heck? Let me put you on to something, something new. Yeah. Try this. Jesus. Dude, and I've this, I'm for, gearing up for this shit. I watched all three Men in Blacks. Oh, so I've been yeah. like ready. <laughs> we watched the first two. I still haven't seen the new one. I want to. Dude, I was like, yeah, yeah. we're going to watch the new one. Jeremy's like, that shit's old. And I was like, no, it's not. Oh, the very <laughs> fucking brand new one. The one with uh, not the girl. Will Smith. Yeah, I forgot. I haven't yeah. watched that one. Oh, shit. There's a third one with Will Smith. I'm so behind. Then. Yeah, it came out in 2012. That's the one two. that I was like, the new one. And he was like, what are you talking about? This is old. Oh, wow. Okay, so then there's four of them. So then I haven't seen two of them. Yeah, the fourth (laughs) one is technically the first of the new franchise. But I don't even think they're doing (laughs) – a like, I don't think it was well-received. I don't know. Damn. Of course But anyways. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Whoops. I digress. One more time. That little pug was so cute. Here we go. Um, Okay, so as far as I can remember, I've always been able to see things – One specific encounter stays in my head. I was about seven or eight years old. I shared a room with my older sister, and we both slept on a full-size bed. My tata gifted us, which is so cute that you just threw it in there. That is cute. I slept against the wall because she was older and said I could fall onto the floor if I slept on on the other end. We always went to bed around 8.30 p.m. on school nights. And my parents always left our bedroom door open. Oh, fuck that. It must have been during September or October because it was quite cool. One night, I was awoken by what sounded like footsteps. I felt pressure on the bed as if someone put their knee down on it because I felt my sister roll down. The only problem is that I wasn't able to open my eyes or turn away from the wall. In my head, I told myself to turn around, turn around. And something responded back in my head, don't look at me. Wait. (gasps) this conversation went on for what seemed like minutes before i finally was able to gather up the courage to turn around as i turned to see this being it was holding my sister up in its arms trying to lift her out of our bed i gasped gasped and pushed my little body back up against the wall this thing laid my sister back down ever so gently and put its long pale finger up to its non-existing mouth and said shh I wanted to scream. I wanted to yell for my dad to come help us, but nothing would come out of my mouth. I started to cry without any sound. And right as this thing began to lift my sister up again, I let out the most blood curdling scream. Uh, I screamed for my dad. There's something in my room. So this thing stared so angrily at me and dropped my sister back down. It must have been about three to four feet in height and was wearing what I could only remember describing it like, the underwater swimsuit that Scooby-Doo wore in one of his episodes. (laughs) This thing tiptoed out of our room and disappeared up through our ceiling right before my dad came charging in. I was so terrified. I wasn't able to ever speak about this incident until a couple years ago. My whole life, I thought it was a ghost. It was only when my husband suggested it might have been an alien 
mm-hmm. and that its arms were insect-like, and that's why it mm-hmm. walked funny. Ooh, no, oh, thank you. hell, jeez, no. I'm surprised I didn't see that on the list. There, there's like insect-like. Um, I feel like they have a name like Arcadian or something. I'm making up that word. I have no idea. But there's like mantid-like aliens that look like in yeah yeah they look like big bugs it reminds me of um war of the worlds Mm, i think those mm -hmm. things looked like or they walked like bugs. i don't remember i'm just remembering tentacles for some reason but it's been so long well those were like the warships or whatever oh yeah i don't fucking know might be just fucking lying to you i have no idea Um, hold on. Trying to... Oh, yep, there it is. Hold on. I'm going to send you what it looks like. This is the alien from War of the Worlds. Ew... Okay, that looks more like the spade head yes. version. Mm-hmm. It looks like a penis tip. It does. <laughs> Shroom tip. How cute. This is a story of my father's. It happened in 1982 while my father was stationed on a military base in New Brunswick. One night, my father's best friend and his girlfriend left just after dark to go see Tron at a movie theater. About an hour later, the friend and his girlfriend went were back on the base. The car pulled in, and my father, father immediately noticed that it was damaged pretty badly and covered in several different colors of paint. My father asked what had happened, why they had not gone to the movies. They brushed him off and went to bed. A few days later, my father got his friend to tell him what happened. They were driving along a stretch of highway, and they noticed the lights coming from over a hill just ahead where no lights should be because there was nothing around for miles. Just at the base of that hill was a parking lot for a park. A bunch of cars were pulling into the parking lot to investigate the lights, so my father's friend pulled in too. Everyone got out of their cars and was about to start hiking to the top of the hill when a large disc with flashing lights rose above the hill's peak and emitted a loud, strange sound. Several cars got banged up and everyone's panicked to get away, thus the transfer of paint. My father's friend drove back to the base as fast as possible. A few days later, men in black suits showed up on the base looking for people. They talked to my father's friend and then sent him on his way. My father asked him what the men wanted to see him for. The men told the friend that he better shut up, say nothing about anything that happened if he wanted to keep his military career. Jesus. Yeah, for real. We were just talking about men in black. <laughs> oh, we were. Um, so back in the spring of 1997, a group of friends from my neighborhood were looking up at the night sky, observing the hail bop comet. After a while, we started to notice a red and white dot circling around each other, making sudden movements in every direction like no aircraft I've ever seen or have ever seen since. At one point, they merged into one craft and then shot out three smaller crafts, although we couldn't tell whether it was a craft because they just appeared to be balls of light. They went on for a couple of hours, 
or this went on for a couple hours. Right before the lights disappeared, they accelerated at lightning fast speed into the darkness. We all went home terrified of what we saw. The next day on the front page of our small hometown paper, it said it received several calls. The explanation they gave was that the local airport was testing aircrafts. To this day, whenever I see my friends that were there that night, we'll sometimes talk about it. None of us can be sure what we saw, but to this day, none of us have ever seen anything like it. Interesting. That would haunt me forever. Uh, As a kid back in the 80s, I was spending the night at my aunt and uncle's house, which was out in the sticks in Tennessee. I was sleeping on the couch and woke up due to a bright light coming through the kitchen window and into the living room. I was looking towards the lights, which were white and slightly flickering. After about 10 minutes, I turned my head as if as it was now keeping me awake. After a few minutes, I turned my head back towards the light and was about to go to sleep on the love seat. I see a tall, dark figure standing between myself and the light. Oh, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I was frozen and could not move or scream. It approached me reached out and began tapping on my forehead with what felt like a nail or something pointed. This went on another few minutes until I must have fallen or was put to sleep. I woke up the next morning to a quiet house. I go into the bathroom and I have a red spot on my forehead and the skin was slightly broken, but no blood. Fuck all of that. No, thank you. Um... Oh, Lord. Okay. On 9-11-2001, yes, I'm serious, my mom went on a walk on the waterway after watching the news for hours. This was in the evening time, so the no commercial flight sanction was already in place. While on her walk, she looked up after feeling like someone or something was watching her, and she saw a triangular aircraft floating above her. At first, she thought it might have been a military craft of some sort, but then realized it was making absolutely no noise. She said it was so low to the ground that she probably could have touched it if she wanted to. But before she could reach out and touch it, the craft zipped away quickly with no sound at all. That's Mm -hmm. fucking scary. Mm -hmm. I would have thought that was like a terrorist at first. Right. I mean, that's so fresh. Like, Mm -hmm. what just happened? And if there was a no-fly situation going on, what the hell is that? Yeah, exactly. What does it want? That's... They sent well, the them first down. They were like, I something huge of... happened on Earth. <laughs> right? Go check oh, it let's out. go see. <laughs> they have to report on the news. <laughs> on their news. Uh, fucking. What is the fucking. Kazoo from the Kazoo. Flintstones. Oh, dear. Did you ever Mercy. watch the Flintstones? It's been so. Ugh, so long. Let me look it up. Oh, the little guy. Yeah, the The little little green alien. alien. Okay, yes, I picture him now. The way she pictured the like it being so low to the ground, that's how I pictured like him popping in and out. (laughs) I pictured Kazoo. Cute. It's fucking funny. Um, What if they really are our friends? I mean, oh, I sent you a fucking TikTok about it earlier. So this girl was talking about how because. Everything that we have like seen in space is we're seeing it in the past. Like it doesn't look like what it looks like anymore. You know what I mean? I was about to okay, literally sorry, hold on because you mentioned it and I don't know how to phrase what exactly you just said, but the whole like how things are light years away 
Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean? Like, yes. Okay, exactly. That's what trips me out so much about thinking about space and what's going on right th- right now. Like, we wouldn't be able to see it unless we were there in the present yes. time. And even then, it's like so hard to report back. Same, Go on. It's the same the other way around. If aliens were looking at Earth right now, they wouldn't see humans. They would see dinosaurs. So they don't even know that we exist yet. What the fuck? Yeah. So I, you need to watch that fucking TikTok. It like blew my mind. So I was like. Unless what? they can travel, time travel. Because they can go they so fast on those travel things. faster than the fucking speed of light. Speed of like, light. I mean, according to those people that saw the UFOs flash across the sky. Yeah. And like we won't know. We would never know what. Um, a lot of shit looks like unless we were like like at this moment in time Damn. unless we were there but we would never be able to get there yeah. because we, it's too far away dude that's what I was meaning that's what I was telling you whenever I was freaking out the other day when I was texting you because I wanted to talk about that part of it and like the interdimensional yeah, and that's hypothesis theory and all that it, yeah I'm gonna have to watch it because that's wild yes exactly that like yes it, can't time travel then what you're saying is right but if they can they've already seen our past present and future and like they already know like what's going to happen to our planet and um i watched this thing on gaia which bear with me i this okay so this gaia channel is on youtube it's its own website whatever it's all this like spiritual stuff and like has to do with you know ufos and stuff too and i started watching this one thing and this one person, you couldn't ask me a name, I have no idea, but this one person that got, um, had some kind of interaction with an alien has had it multiple times, like telekinetically warning her to like, um, I don't know, it's like trying to, like they sent us signals in like binary code or something or Morse code, I forget. One of those kinds of things that can be like deciphered into our English language. And apparently the aliens are saying like, beware and like all this kinds of stuff like be careful and i have a feeling it has to do with climate change but that's just my theory oh. like they already gonna- know and also there's another another class of aliens that hate us and that class of aliens that sent us that message is trying to help us oh, so well, why are they trying it's to like help us? exactly it's like a diplomacy thing but in space i have no idea I would have to watch the rest of that Gaia thing. So if anybody has an open enough mind, check out the G-A-I-A channel and tell me what you guys think. Because it was like very personal stuff <laughs> that I've never heard of before. Um, I want to play that video so that everybody can hear it. Oh, yes. Let's do it. Is there a way to watch the past in real time? Like, say, the ancient Egyptians. Light takes time to travel through space because it is so incomprehensibly big. When you look at the sun, the image that you see is eight minutes old. And the stars, because they're farther, are even older. If we were able to build an Einstein-Rosen bridge, more commonly known as a wormhole, like the one imagined in Interstellar, we could bypass the speed limit of the universe and just pop up anywhere we wanted instantaneously. Meaning that if we went out 26.8 quadrillion miles and pointed a powerful enough telescope back at Earth, we would be watching watching the ancient Egyptians building the pyramids. You could theoretically watch any event in history like this if you know where in space to go. And this is the dangerous part about thinking we could just build a wormhole to escape the calamities of Earth. Nothing we see from here is in actual real time. For example, if there's intelligent life in this galaxy known as NGC 2336, and somewhere in here they built a powerful enough telescope to see Earth, 
They'd be watching the fucking dinosaurs. They would have no mm -hmm. idea humans existed. Let's say we found a habitable planet on the other side of our galaxy. So we build a wormhole and pop on over. We could arrive at a planet in ruins. Because in the 50,000-ish years it's mm -hmm. like took to reach Earth, a local species could have created technology and destroyed themselves. We have no way of knowing what anything is going to be like until we're there. Space is so big, even light can't catch up. Is there a isn't that trippy? Yeah. It really is. It really is. It like fucking disturbing. Yeah, it blew my mind. I was like, ah, I need to quit TikTok for the day. <laughs> so then it's like, what if the aliens meant to show up at a certain time? I need some kind of ma like mathematical equation for somebody to like let me know if this makes any sense. But if they calculated it like a certain amount of time behind to warn us of our, you know, future, whether it be like destroyed through war or climate change or what have you, they went back at a certain time when certain policies were being like done or something. I don't know. They it, came back to like once <laughs> for specific yeah. things. But I don't it, know. Uh, it's just a whole, but like, like she was saying, like aliens really could exist. We just can't see them yet. You know what I mean? Unless they have the technology that doesn't even take into consideration the time and distance. They can just peek right into our world. Maybe. <gasps> Through the implants that they left on Earth. Oh, well, and then that's why wormhole thing, the wormhole theory, I just realized that's what she was talking about. Like you could just pop in and out. Yeah, if oh. they figured it out. If they are advanced enough to, which I believe, yeah, they are, um, to like figure all that stuff out. Or, yeah, they just um, abduct well, people, put put a little probe in them and keep up with us through that because that's in real time. Well, some at some point in space, there has to be where you're in the future. You know what I mean? True. So Then that brings in crops, all the crop circle shit that happened a while back. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. I don't know. I don't really believe in crop circles. I, I mean, I believe that there's someone doing them, like a human, not. Right. Know. There you go. Because I've seen it. Like, I after the first shit came around, I saw them, like, I saw, I could have sworn I saw that. Where people mm -hmm. were doing it with, like, boards. They were, like, going out there. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, too. Um, but <laughs> there should be, I think there are a few, like, real ones. It might just be an imprint left from when they lifted off into you know, and took off light years behind or ahead. Like on Back to the Future when the DeLorean has to go super fast and then it's a flash of light mm -hmm. and then it's gone. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay, I, I'm almost done with this shit. Go on, Jesus. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In 2010, Los Angeles, I was cleaning up around my apartment when I noticed my kitchen lamp swinging and my building rocking. Obviously, it was an earthquake. It lasted for a bit and I called my friend to make sure she was Okay. As we were chatting, oh, sorry. As we were chatting, I was standing out on my balcony, which overlooked Runyon Canyon, a popular hiking trail. I suddenly noticed this object hovering high in between the mountains. It was too high to be a helicopter and too small and low to be a plane. What made it super strange was its shape and lack of movement. It was orbesque. And stood stagnant for about a solid three minutes before moving at a snail's pace to the west. I'm talking slower than any aircraft, blimp, kite, whatever that I've ever seen. 
It also seemed to reflect off the sun, but also, or but only at some angles. After moving towards the left and then once again staying completely still, it immediately darted at what seemed like an impossible speed in the opposite direction, upwards, and disappeared. Mm. Jesus. Um, I was 12 at the time, and my family has a camp on the... Oh, fuck. On a river that I cannot pronounce in Louisiana. The only way you can get to it is by boat. So it was just my uncle, my cousin, and myself, and we were heading back to the boat launch on a Sunday night. Now, the boat we were in didn't have any working lights. So to see where we were going, my uncle would occasionally shoot a flare. What the fuck? We quickly ran out of flares. We, we quickly ran out of the flares you shoot as it is around a two-hour boat ride to the landing. So I ended up on the front of the boat holding a regular flare as we were now on a much narrower stretch of river. To our left in the swamp, two large glowing balls appeared. Then there was another one to the right. I was just trying to keep the flare from burning me, and my little cousin was freaking out. After around ten minutes of them navigating through the swamp, they formed a triangle above us on the river. It's hard to gauge how far up they were, but it was very visible. They continued to follow us for the rest of the journey back to the landing, and as soon as we arrived, they disappeared. This all happened around 18 years ago, but it's something I'll never forget. I don't talk about this stuff really and usually just keep it to myself. Um, those could have also been the fufale from my oh, Cajun exactly. stories. It was them. <laughs> Maybe they're it's wild. They could be. I mean, the cryptids were put into that damn category. Yep. Swamp aliens. <laughs> mm. This was about 40 years ago now. We were camping in the summer in the woods behind a friend's house. About 11 p.m., we ought to walk back to the house for something it was a full moon, and there was plenty of light, so we didn't take flashlights. I would still have taken a flashlight. Duh. Oh, my gosh. We went out of the woods and down a long lane that went along an open pasture between the woods and the house. We got what we needed and started to walk back. The moon was behind us over our right shoulder. We could see our shadows on the ground ahead of us from the moon. As we were walking, we saw a black circle with no lights. It just looked like a black hole in the sky. It was very low above the trees and moving towards us slowly. We all stopped, four of us, and watched it. It came over the trees and over the pasture, and then suddenly you could see a shadow moving on the ground where the moonlight was giving the thing a shadow just like us. And it went from northwest to southeast and passed over us and kept going until we couldn't see it anymore. It lasted about two minutes. It didn't make any noise. And it did not look like anything, just a perfectly round black circle. It had no lights, and moonlight did not reflect off of it. It made a shadow that was about the size of a house. And I don't know how high it was because it had no detail, but it seemed very low, like a couple of hundred feet. We told our parents the next day, but no one believed us. And this was in Ohio in 1982 or 1983. Jeez, that's fucking scary. I would have been like, I'm fucking hightailing my ass back home. Yeah, you should have brought real. a flashlight. See, that's why you bring a flashlight. Always bring a flashlight. Mm-hmm. Now they're on our phones, but still. Oh, yeah. I use that motherfucker daily. <laughs> Me too. So handy. 
Okay. Driving in the UK from a friend's dinner party, we set off at around 10 p.m. for a 15-minute drive home. There was myself, my wife in the front, and my three sons in the back of the car. We were driving near a USAF base in the southeast of England along a long stretch, a long straight piece of road where there was an incredible flash. There was an incredible flash that the wife and I noticed, and it seemed to wake up one of the elder sons in the back. He would have been about 12 at the time. Something I have no idea what flew with absolute silence over the car. I saw it, my wife saw it, and the son in the back who was awake who was awakened by the flash saw it. Something flew right over us so close that you could touch it, and it was big. We got home, disgusted a bit, and concluded that the flash was a flare from the USAF base, and the large object that flew over us may have well been an a Eurasian eagle owl, one that one had been spotted in this area. What? It was promptly forgotten. Fast forward just over a decade, and I and the son who was awoken by the flash are talking about this weird event over dinner when the youngest son, who didn't wake up during the event, tells us how he remembered it happening. He recalled an event that was vastly different than ours. He had never told the story before. He thought it was a dream until we started talking about it. He described how the car had stopped when we saw the flash. We weren't moving, and the low-flying object sat on top of us for a few seconds, then flew off before the car started again. Apparently, I completely ignored this stop-start and simply continued driving. Now, here's the really cool bit that we had never realized. My wife had made arrangements to call her sister when we arrived home safely. We left at around 10 p.m. for a 15-minute drive. My wife called her sister around 11.45 to say we had arrived home. I have no Mm -hmm. idea what happened that night. I was completely sober. My youngest son insisted that something very odd happened. My wife was adamant that we took approximately 90 minutes to do a 15-minute drive, and her sister backs us up. I might not know what happened that night, but I am, am secure in the thought that something happened. Wait. That's fucking scary. They erase the memory. Yep. Okay, there's three more and then I'm done. Woo. Okay. I was driving down a road in the middle of the day. There are fields on both sides. No other cars on the road. I saw what looked like a falling star. It was a big white ball of light with a tail and it was hard to look at, even with sunglasses on. I had time to pull over and stop, still watching it fall straight down. This thing was going way faster than it should have, and so I was struggling to get my phone out of my pocket without taking my eyes off of it. Here's where it gets weird. Without warning, when it reached about eye level, it leveled off. I watched this thing go from vertical to horizontal in less than a second. It disappeared behind a line of trees and noped out of there. And I noped out of there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would have freaked out if I would have just seen it, like, go, oh, and you're alone? Oh, hell no. Oh, yeah. I would have been like, I just saw a UFO. <laughs> uh, I used to live next to the beach in an apartment complex. One night, I was with my friend looking at the ocean from the balcony. The light from the moon was enough for us to watch the waves on the shore. We saw a light on the ocean. It slowly came out of the water, and what we saw was like an orb-shaped ball of light. It was so bright for a moment that I almost couldn't see the object itself. It kept going up slowly and suddenly took off quickly into the dark sky. Everything happened in like eight seconds. 
We were both so freaked out and went inside the apartment. Years later, I saw a report on National Geographics about orb-shaped lights flying around a forest in the U.S. I knew it was the same thing I saw. That is fucking cool, though, because we did talk about aliens in the ocean. We did. I mean, why wouldn't there be aliens in the ocean? Right. Um, so much of it. Here's the last. So this was in 2012 or 2013. My ex and I were driving down a remote highway in rural West Tennessee late one night. I was in the passenger seat. It was a very open area, no trees, and surrounding on both sides by flat fields. And surrounded on both sides by flat fields. I'm looking out the window to my right and see this thing traverse the sky. It was an artificial looking blue light. Think the color of the lights on a cop car, but a little darker. It blinked with an even rhythm three or four times. The thing that stunned me was how fast it was moving. It was low to the horizon and it moved from area of the horizon in front of us to the area of the horizon behind us in about three to five seconds. I wasn't able to estimate size or closeness to Earth because of how fast it happened, but it was big. I've seen shooting stars that were close to Earth, and this was definitely not what that was. My ex saw it too, and it freaked us both out. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Holy shit. I was well, going to put more mm-hmm. alien, like actual alien encounters, but... It turns out a lot of them sounded dumb as fuck. Shit. Like, a lot of them just sounded like somebody was making Exaggerated. It yeah. Um, people want to stand out even when they have uh, similar experiences. Mm-hmm. Well, I do want to mention one story really quickly because there was actual medical evidence that something happened to this person. Let me find it. Okay. And then uh, we will have to cover other interactions another time because uh, people who are fluent in UFOlogy or whatever would know that there are some big incidents and events that we completely skipped over. But this is only our first UFO um, episode, so we have many more hopefully in the future. But on this one personal experience... Uh, oh my God, where is it in my notes? I can't find it. Um, I saw it on that Showtime UFO series. So that's why I wanted to feature it on here. Where is it? Oh my God. Um, okay, here it is. So, um, At 1.40 a.m., Deputy Sheriff Val Johnson was on patrol in Marshall County, Minnesota, on August 27, 1979. Suddenly, he sees a bright light about two miles down the road floating above ground. He drove towards it about a mile, and the light met him at his car, and he looked at it feeling intense pain in his eyes from the brightness. He heard glass shattering as he shut his eyes, and that's all he remembered. When he awoke 40 minutes later, he radioed for help. A doctor confirmed that he had mild welder burns in his eyes. Oh, my God. And, yeah, and the clock in his patrol car and his wristwatch had stopped for 14 minutes. Uh, no. 
So it fucks up people's time, like actually, like electronically, and like they have no idea how much time has passed whenever they wake up or um, get home, and they don't remember getting home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really do have to mention the Betty and Barney Hill incident uh, in the future whenever we cover this stuff again, because it is just bizarre. Uh, they actually needed to undergo hypnosis to remember anything. They got home and they were like dirty and they didn't know like what the hell happened to them. Yeah. And Betty had been examined uh, internally, I think, by one of the aliens and she needed to be like hypnotized to really describe what happened to her. But the surprising thing was that Betty was not afraid and she was actually very excited to meet aliens apparently when she, unless, you know, how our memory like fills in the blanks or protects us by, you know, covering up whatever was too traumatizing, but it is just very interesting how people have different viewpoints. And it also depends on what kind of alien you came into contact with. Was it a mean one? Was it a nice one? Um, One that's just curious or I don't know. But um, what I did think about whenever you mentioned that one story at the start that she was, her consciousness was like being separated from her. Mm -hmm. I wonder if aliens have such a form of like empathy towards humans that they don't want to traumatize us anymore when they study us. So what if they like tried to separate our consciousness so that we're like still sleeping and we don't know anything, Holy but it just didn't work. Shit. How are you going to fucking freak me out like that? What if they care about us? Like what if they don't want us to feel scared of them and like, remember like they probed me with like long metal rods and they did this and that they care about us or they just like, it's like know. a, lab rat you know like the scientists i know but i feel like the scientists aren't monsters like they're not gonna rip open a rat and not feel bad about it like, yeah i guess that's true you know, i would you would maybe hope so, at least <laughs> i would hope maybe there are a few nice aliens that wouldn't uh completely destroy what they find and then you know we haven't even talked about like the livestock that gets torn apart and mm-hmm. or you know drained it gets its fluids drained and we can't explain why so weird oh, um, God. yeah and then how you mentioned on skinwalker ranch like the the aliens are in cahoots with whatever creatures are here on earth or like wikipedia said everything is under the same classification as aliens so all these creatures are just in communication somehow with each other oh, we're God. the odd ones out <laughs> Isn't that weird to think about? Like, we're the insects under the microscope. Yeah, I don't like it. Folks. <laughs> uh, well, that does it for our 100th episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, and you aren't too frustrated with us. Because, like, me, my mind can cannot, like, wrap around most of this. But um, it is fun to dip into something new. So that's what we wanted to do this time around. And um, we're going to see you guys next week with another topic. Don't forget we have a link tree now for some resources that you might find helpful or someone you know might find helpful. Make sure you give us a follow on our Instagram and our Twitter at G-I-M-M-E, The Creeps. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever platform allows you to leave a review. And we really appreciate it, you guys. This is our 100th episode. Like, that's just insane to imagine, let alone like actually be recording at this moment. But Um, we're having a lot of fun and we have a lot more in store for you guys. So keep on listening and joining us every Friday for a new episode. Um, and also brand new, we are to TikTok. So make sure you go follow, what am I Yoda? Anyways, (laughs) 
Oh, space. It all comes back around to space. Anyways, um, guys, give us a follow over on our TikTok. I know that it's weird for us to like ask you to go follow us, but I don't want to like not have any followers and have a TikTok. So it would mean a lot to us. <laughs> Thank you. And ignore the fucking terrible comment. Or not even terrible, just <laughs> the embarrassing comments on there because everyone's entitled to We're new, thing. okay? We're trying to figure yeah, shit out. Yeah, we don't out. know what we're doing. We don't, we don't know, know what we're doing. We're just experimenting, you know, whatever. Have a little creepy fun on there with us. Ew, that sounded like have a weird. little creepy mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> Behave yourselves. Uh, okay. <laughs> Happy 100th episode, everyone. So, did we give you the creeps? <laughs>